The Hard Shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Okay, well, as we alluded to earlier, it's time, as always, uh, at half six on a Tuesday to go down to earth. And we have a very interesting topic, which Dr. Cara Gustenberg, our resident environmental scientist, has uh, brought to our attention. It is um, emanating from a story in the front page of the Wicklow Times last week, which the banner headline read, Attack of the Giant Hogweed. And it reported an invasion of the giant hogweed in the Garden County, which caused toxic burns to an 11-year-old girl. And this apparently is but the tip of the iceberg of invasive species, both of plants and animals and so on, that are giving us grief. Explain all. What is an invasive species? Attack of the Giant Hogweed sounds like it would make a great movie. And invasive species are actually the second greatest threat to biodiversity in the world, uh, next only to habitat destruction. So uh, it is a huge issue. And actually, just to give you uh, an idea of how bad this can get. My, my friend Ed Rice brought, brought this story about Guam to my attention today. And so it was Guam. Guam, the, the little uh, U.S. territory between Japan and Australia. And uh, in the 1950s, when the, the U.S. military started bringing ships there, a little brown snake uh, probably snuck on board one of those ships. And because it has no natural predators on the island of Guam, it has gone crazy. And now there's over 2 million of these brown snakes. And you might think, oh, that's a bit icky. We don't like snakes. But the devastation that these snakes have done so there are almost no birds left because these snakes are eating the eggs of the birds and the, the birds have no natural defenses against them. And then on top of that, because the birds were so intr- instrumental in spreading the seeds of trees and plants, now the, the island of Guam is being deforested because the trees are no longer growing. So uh, the U.S. is now spending millions to try and eradicate these snakes. Okay, so, so we, we've spoken about extinct species and biodiversity and all the kind of things, but this is actually where it's almost kind of uh, schoolyard bullying, whereby uh, invasive species come along and cause the problem. Let, let's let's give some examples. Yeah, well, in, in Europe, there's 49 species listed, but Invasive Species Ireland puts about 26 uh, major invasive species here in Ireland, the giant hogweed uh, being one of them. You know, we've typically only had nettles that are that are a big pest in terms of... Uh, what what does hogweed look like? I, so I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen it. It came to Ireland about 150 years ago, and it, it looks very like cow's parsley. It, it actually doesn't look dangerous at all. It's kind of got a little white flower, and some people have even mistaken taken it for elderflower and gone ahead and made elderflower wine with it and gotten very, very sick. Um, But even when it touches your skin, it can cause third degree burns and blisters. And what's worse is every time that skin is exposed to sunlight, for an additional six years, those burns can come back. Very nasty. And ultimately, um, giant hogweed has been implicated in causing deafness too. So it's a it's a really serious um, plant to come into contact with. And, and oh, the thing that all of these uh, things have in common, these invasive, is that they go like wildfire, literally. Because they don't have any natural predators in the area, because they're new, um, they, they can spread very quickly. And, and so within about 20 years, they can start to take over. And they can cause all sorts of damage to, to native fauna and out 
compete native fauna. And how do they come? We are an island. How do they all get here? Yeah, and Ireland has been quite fortunate that we we have this kind of filtering effect that things don't get to us um, other than maybe through the UK and and England. Um, But because, of course, of extra transport and aviation and shipping coming to Ireland, um, they usually sneak on board uh, those kind of boats and planes and uh, get on, if they're plant seedlings, they get on people's feet and they walk them into the country. So uh, as we as we become more global, we have to become more vigilant, obviously. OK, so we're talking about plants. We're talking about, is it insects and animals? What sort of pests are we, are we dealing with yeah. other than plants? We tend to call things pests when they have a, an economic implication. So so what what invasive species Ireland has said is the greatest threat to, to Ireland in terms of uh, invasive predators is actually the New Zealand flatworm because that is damaging the native uh, earthworms, which of course we know are very mm-hmm. important to soil productivity. Um, so it's considered a real threat and a pest. What does it look like? To, well, it's a flat worm. Um, but, does it, um, where is it the same colour, kind of reddy brown? Kind of like brownish, yeah. The same yeah. As, as the as native, yeah. yeah similar, yeah. but I think if you were an expert, you could see. And actually, if you go to the Invasive Species Ireland site, they have a really nice slideshow of what all of these things look like, so you can identify them in nature, and you can actually report back through the National Biodiversity Centre when you see these Okay, well, species. tell me some of the native species that are under threat. Well, uh, you've probably heard about the red squirrel. Yeah, the grey squirrel when, has done the red yeah, squirrel out of business. So yeah, right. so that's an example of what they call herbivory, where the grey squirrel is competing for a food source and pushing out the, the red squirrel as a result because they, they have a more varied diet. Um, interestingly, the, the, the our native deer is starting to breed with a, an invasive deer called the Sitka deer. And when when two different types of, of species actually breed or, you know, two different deer deer breed, um, that can damage the, the resistance and the kind of strength of the original native species. So that's considered to be damaging our, our native deer species. And that's an example of, of hybridization is what they call it. And, you know, then there are some there are some actually some species that have benefits. So um, one example is a, is a, the japweed or the, the brown seaweed or wireweed, they call it. And um, it does clog up pipes and cause damage, but at the same time it creates new habitat for fish to live under. So fishermen have reported that in areas with this invasive seaweed, uh, they're actually getting bigger catches. So in some ways it's bad and in some ways it's benefiting local fishermen. Talk to me more about things in the sea. I mean, are our we see fish farms. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that affecting uh, the the the? Uh, Sea-based yeah, uh, uh, fish. You know, we've talked about farm fish as maybe being a more sustainable option than going out and, and eating, uh, you know, fish in the ocean. But but one negative is that these farm fish carry a lot of pathogens and diseases. They actually have to be fed with a lot of antibiotics to keep them from getting sick in close quarters. But when they go out into the wild, uh, they do pass those diseases on to our native salmon and and cause those native salmon to. to what about the more. birds, the seagulls, the cormorants that eat the fish? Yeah, some of the some fit uh, some examples of invasive species that are coming in are providing extra food source. So we've seen cormorants, for example, increase over time because these invasive species are allowing them a more varied and, and larger diet. So it's it's not all bad for all species, but of course it does. The biggest impact for us is these species that damage our waterways or block our waterways. And we see that in plant species in particular, that when they grow in water, they, they suck up all the oxygen and then there's less available oxygen for the native species to grow. I can't believe the rhododendron that's beautiful with the purple uh, flowers is on the list. I bet you have a few list. of those. At yes, home, at home, yeah. yeah. What's the problem? And I mean, we still sell those 
meadows and, and garden centers, but, yeah. but they're an example of, of, of competing with native species. So they were introduced in, in 1763, actually, uh, on Ackle Island by uh, one of these fancy manor houses. And, and, and now they're all over Ackle, and they're a major problem because they're much hardier in winter than our native species. So in winter, they, they grow more, and, 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 and landowners... But aren't they beautiful? I, I think they're very pretty, but of yeah. course, do we want do we want native wildlife or do we want this kind of invasive well, foreign you know, wildlife? I mean, I don't know. We've got to be more yeah. cosmopolitan about this. It's the knock-on effects. We're part of Europe and all this, you know? <laughs> it's the knock-on effects that these species have on all our other wildlife. And I think the example of the snake coming into Guam is just an incredible mm. example of how devastating one species can be, not only on animals, but also on, on trees and everything. And rhododendron is an example of that. It does push out our native species and, and provides... But if you have a bit of waste and scrub and that, it, it, it's a good way to cover it over. But anyway, yeah. this this is a giant rhubarb you want to talk about yeah, next because I think I've seen them. They're absolutely they're massive. Huge. And you think they're rhubarb, but they're not. Yeah, they're, they're, they look like big umbrellas. How do you pronounce it? It looks um, like a sexual transmittable <laughs> disease, the name. How do you pronounce it? Gunnera. 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 Okay, yeah, I thought it was something Gunnera else is the there. Formal name. And they actually they come from Chile and they can grow up to two meters high. And the big problem is because they're so big and they look like these umbrellas, they shade out all the native plants and, and they crowd out the vegetation and they produce over 750,000 seeds per plant. So they're really prolific in their reproduction. Um, and, and again, you know, brought, brought as a, a garden uh, species in the 1800s, and, and now they're all over the place, and there's a huge eradication program going on but along the, the West Coast, Ackle, Killary Harbor, all of that area. Now, you can well, what spray would, what them. Would, I was just going to yeah. say, how do you deal with these? So you can spray them, and actually I remember I, I go to Inishbofen every year, and the, yeah. the locals were really trying hard to keep them out of Inishbofen. Could you not um, just cut them down with a slash hook? Well, they grow back very easily. Okay. They're, they're, so, so you can cut them down and then inject uh, something like Roundup or glyphosate into them. I thought you'd be totally well. against those. Well, when it's invasives, you know, and, and you're injecting it directly into that plant, you're not contaminating the rest of the area. So, But that takes a lot of time. And just simply just spraying them isn't going to work. It actually has to be injected. Now, one them. I'm very familiar with on the farm is gorse. Yes. It grows. Now, it's very hard to repel it because, first of all, you can burn it, mm-hmm. but it actually doesn't get rid of it. What happens is that you can burn it off, but you're left with these black stalks and stems and it grows again very yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah. And of course, burning it has a huge impact on, on carbon and air Does quality and everything right. too. You're so, not in favor of that. You know, well, how do you get rid of well, it? Well, what's really interesting is that gorse used to be uh, a quite a useful product in Ireland. This is something I didn't know, but um, it was used as cattle feed. It was used it's too as prickly. a fuel source. Well, that, no, it wouldn't. You couldn't it. possibly it use it. It was used as a roofing material. It was used to help with field drains and keeping haystacks off the because ground. Because I tell you what, even when the gorse uh, withers, mm-hmm. the little brown thorns yeah, are very, very sore if yeah. they get in your hand. Like, I know all about gorse. Yeah, well, but there were a lot of uses in rural Ireland for it. And one of the reasons it's becoming uh, so much more endemic is that we're, we're really not using it for anything anymore. And, of course, conditions, as the climate is changing, conditions are becoming more favorable because gorse favors drier soils. So, you know, maybe if we were using it, um, we could keep it under control. But I remember when Bray Head went on fire and I did the walks a couple of times. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly it grow back. Yeah, it grow yeah. back faster than anything. Yeah, so burning probably isn't the, the way. Maybe it's harvesting and coming up with more alternatives. I mean, it was used to make hurleys and make uh, I don't know how you'd make hammers. a hurley out of it. I don't either. Because like the ash is what you make the hurley out of. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, but so, so where did gorse come from? 
Um, well, it was it, America. It was, so, yeah, no, it came from the continent. And um, I've and been telling you that North America, nothing <laughs> no, good ever came out of it. <laughs> Actually, we, we have a lot to say for what we have sent over to America, and they've had a lot of problems as a result of stuff coming from Ireland. So how can people help? If they, if they are sharing your concern about invasive sprees, the, first of all, the website is www.invasivespeciesireland.com all lowercase, all one word, invasivespeciesireland.com. So if you go on to that, what can you do to help? Yeah, well, there's there's great examples of, of what you're looking for when it comes to invasive species. But the first thing is, and this is a large problem, particularly for boaters, um, but even walkers, if you're in an area where, where there is an invasive species, it's getting on your on your boat or it's getting on your shoes. So washing your equipment before you leave the place is really important and washing things in very hot water if possible to make sure you're not uh, moving those seedlings or anything along um, and removing them. So a lot of it is about removing and cleaning and then disposing of things properly if you do come into contact contact with them. Um, so they're interested in the National Biodiversity Data Centre yeah. to, to record so, all yeah, this. Yeah, the yes. National Biodiversity Centre allows you to report any sightings. So if you go to Invasive Species Ireland, you can see where you can report a okay. sighting. Okay, okay. Today it was Invasive Species. It seems that not all nature is good. Uh, my thanks to Dr. Cara Augustenberg, our resident environmental scientist, who today brought us down to earth with flatworms, grey squirrels and all sorts of bad plants. Thank you indeed, as always. Cara.